reflect fit forgiveness plus favor equals freedom. And so many of us want this. We strain for this. We cry about this. We whine about this. We strive about this. But there is a mathematical equation that has to happen. You can't have, you know, you have to have something plus something equals something. Right? When you're doing math. And you can't bypass this unless you get these things in order. So, in case I haven't told you, I'm reading this book called The Naked Gospel, if I happen to mention that. <laughs> I'm on my second time through it, and second and a half time through. And every time I go through it, it's like uh, just going a deeper, deeper level. And I don't think I can talk about this notion about forgiveness enough, because you've heard about it so much that you believe it so little. Because you're still thinking that, that there's something you need to do to make yourself right with God. You still think that there's something that has really broad implications. What does it mean to be 100% forgiven? By, by God, 100% by God, what does that mean? Times 10 billion people. Let's say we're going to get 10 billion people by this year. So what does it mean? So you got to understand, you're grappling to figure out if God has 100% forgiven you for you. But it's not just just for you. Do you understand? It's also for every person sitting next to you, every person that you're going to meet in the next 10 years, and every person that's gone before and after you. Do you already begin to scope what this means? So not only, once you get that you're 100% forgiveness of God, forgiven by God, it changes the way you view the rest of the world. Because when you start coming into a situation where you would normally have tried to justify, identify, dignify, you're trying to build this person up, you have to go, I'm 100% forgiven by God. And guess what? So are they. And it really messes up your paradigms. Can you understand what I'm saying? If you don't understand what I'm saying, because you should be pissed off about now. So let's try again. Okay? Because see, what that means is, you no longer have the need to depend on anything but Jesus and the other people that you're dealing with that you don't like, that are bugging you, who are not acting the way you want them to, they have the same privilege. Do you understand? And so now your demand, your expectation, your pressure, your ought to, uh, 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 it doesn't count. It doesn't have as much power. It doesn't have, your needs are important to the Lord, but your demand expectation of other people to fill them doesn't quite gel anymore. Because their weaknesses their sin issues, their problems also 100% forgiven by God. Y'all track with me? It's totally, totally changed up. So, let me show you how this boomerang works. Okay? Because, you know, God's always got to kick this stuff. So, I'm dwelling in this reality. It's amazing. I'm just going, oh my gosh. Blood payment. I mean, literally. I want you to, pay. the way he breaks down forgiveness is there is no forgiveness apart from a blood payment. Blood payment. God made the rules. There's forgiveness. It has to require blood to be forgiven. And he paid it. He paid with his own blood. So it's been blood covered. I am blood covered. Right? Y'all still with me? No. Okay. So I'm just soaking in this. And I'm just having this great big party with the Lord. And I'm just enjoying it. And I'm loving it. And then I get to do my first test. Going into my anniversary going... Okay, I really need to talk to Chuck about stuff in our past. But normally that would blow up in the World War 500. Anybody who's been married for more than 10 years, you know what I'm talking about. There's stuff in your marriage that you go, Oh, I don't really see that chair. <laughs> and you do your whole life like that. Do you know what I mean? And you just, you know. And then it's like this. And eventually you stumble it in the dark and you run over it. And you, like, break your leg. So I had this ache and groan based on this 100% pay blood pay payment done, forgiveness. I wanted to go to Chuck. I wanted to just look at the last 20 years and I wanted to call it what it was. And I didn't want to gloss over it and make everything be bad, but I didn't want to gloss over it and make everything be good because you do that to your own detri detriment. You understand? That must be a $3 word. I obviously don't know that word very well. <laughs> so what we did was we got a safe place and we just prayed and he was really nervous. Right? Because we're not on the same page on all this. He's not on the same page in the book. Okay? And so he's like, going, oh my gosh, it's going to be a war. It's going to be a war. It's going to be a war. I'm going, no. I said, I think God's doing something here. So we just looked back and we went, wow, do you remember 
Do you remember getting to go to Maui? Do you remember getting to, we stood out on the beach and we saw a comet and we didn't know that I was pregnant at the time. So like we had this anchor memory being in Maui, seeing a comet go through the sky and we know that I was pregnant at that time. I mean, so you're just going, God, that's so amazing. But then we were also able to go, wow, do you remember when that happened? And we went, wow, that chair is really ugly. That really is a chair. And that chair is really ugly. And we went, yeah. It really is. And then we looked at each other and we went, 100% paid for. Blood payment. It's done. And we were able to just have that conversation. I can't tell you what, there was a, that was a turning point in our marriage. I, I really believe that weekend was a turning point. Because something happened in our spirit that we let each other go. Do you understand? We finally got what Jesus had done for him and what Jesus had done for me. And I'm talking about real sin issues. Okay, I'm not talking about getting mad. You know, I'm talking about really ugly, nasty sin. And you're going, blood payment, it's done. So I'm feeling all great. This is awesome. Love this, 100%. Blood payment, free. Love this. But then you run into other situations where your head gets knocked off your shoulders. Social situations where people do not respond what you want. Has that happened to you this week? You're not getting, remember we talked last week, you're not getting your way. So much of our reactions are caused by fear that you either want your way or you're afraid you're not going to get your way. Right? Those of you who weren't here, we wrote this out. That you, most of our, our relational difficulties is due to fear that we want our way or we're afraid or we're afraid we're not going to get our way. See how it's one, two, three? Here's one, I want my way. Two, I'm just flat and afraid. Or three, I'm afraid I'm not going to get my way. Y'all tracking with me? So what I said last week, and she'll check my notes to verify. <laughs> well, I listened to the CD, so I did. It's okay. <laughs> so we talked about how perfect love. Perhaps. Perhaps. Perfect love. I think she knows a good perfect Cast out fear. So we were talking about. There really does, this verse really means something. Because perfect love casts out your need to always have your way because you know that God's way is better, truly better. He has a way, it's different from yours, and it's better. That His perfect love casts out fear that when you're surrounded by 100% paid for, you don't have to be afraid of the outcome because the worst possible outcome is still in His hand. And you don't have to be afraid of getting your way because His love is doing a work greater than what you can see. He's setting you up. I'm going really fast. Y'all looking confused. Y'all still with me? Does this make sense? You don't have to like it, but are you hearing it? Okay? I want you to pay attention to this little thing right here. I did this little test for myself this week. And when I watched all this boiling up of emotion, I just asked the question, Ooh, which one, one, two, or three? What's going on? I'm not getting my way. I'm sincerely afraid. I'm afraid I'm not going to get my way. And you would be amazed at how much drama you flush up just by asking those three questions. I'm not getting my way. I'm afraid. Or I'm afraid I'm not going to get my way. And so the answer is that the Lord is working. He's, he wants all that emotion to flush up. Okay. So, I want to complete this point. Any questions about this before I erase this? Are you puzzling in your puzzler? What's the puzzle? Get run over. Afraid. Boundaries. Right? Right? That's perfect. I'm actually going to talk about that. I'm going to write this down because I don't forget. Like your way and the way that's safe for you and your boundary. You know what I'm saying? It's not always you're pitching a fit. You're trying to protect yourself or your family or something, right? Right. Okay, and so there is a way that we fight for this, and we call it this. What are you pointing at? We call we're fight. We're actually fighting for our way, when actually instead of fighting for the Lord to have His way. And so you can still do that with boundaries. Do you understand? God, God really, really, really loves boundaries. So she brings up an excellent point. He really loves boundaries. God has boundaries. You understand that? All you gotta do is read scripture. He has boundaries. Okay, so he loves boundaries. But there's a way that we still fight for our own thing. Okay. Ah, so 
What I want to say about this is that this will change your relationship and your reactions to your relationships if you start sitting in this, 100% forgiven by God. So that when you're mad at somebody and you have a legitimate reason to be angry, your emotions are all over the place, what anchors you in a totally different way is, um, I have just had this incident, so I'm talking very closely to my heart. I had this huge offense that happened. It was a legitimate, I had every reason to be offended. I really, really did. Legitimate offense. And so I'm driving away, and in my spirit, I'm going, okay, I know this probably isn't right, right? So I'm going, I don't really know what's happening here. And I just heard the Lord say, 100% paid for. I went, okay, they're 100% paid for. I'm 100% paid for. Now what? And I want you to get, here was the pivotal moment, is that the Lord was trying to show me, look at your emotions, and what are you doing with them? Because remember we talked last week about you have a legitimate offense. Do you remember we talked, for those of you who weren't here, we had, you have a legitimate offense. And we called it escalating. Here's what's happening. And before the Lord has a chance to zero in and speak to this offense on your behalf, because perfect love casts out fear, right? We begin escalating. Well, I'm never going to. They should have never, right? And we start escalating either in our minds or in our actions what we're going to do to take care of ourselves. Y'all tracking with me? And so what the Lord was going like, Jenna, I see your emotions. I'm really okay. I really got that. I got you're upset. Be careful that you don't make all these actions that are going to be much more damaging to other people. He's got me pinging all the way, so forgive me. I want you to understand that while you're justified, you're upset, you're throwing up, and you're creating all kinds of stuff for other people, right? Someone's come against you. They've offended you. They've hurt you. And before you give yourself a chance to be healed by the Lord, you... And now the cycle goes on and on and on. Are you seeing this? Be willing to take a long, hard look at how you behave yourself in relationships. Do you find that your name is often associated with strife and disruption and upset. Are you always standing pretty close when a bomb goes off? Pay attention. You could be standing there going, hey, where's the switch? Where if you would learn, let the Lord speak into some peace in your life, you could be the very peacemaker that He's called us to be. Blessed are the peacemaker's favor. Honored above all are the makers of peace. And that may start just right here. That you know, without a shadow of a doubt, listen to what I'm saying. Without a shadow of a doubt, that the Lord knows your upset and your offense, and He cares. I had to shut up all this for a good 24 hours. I just had to shut up. And then you know what the Lord did? He let this be a, a mirror image. I had been asking him about this situation. <laughs> and he used this reaction to go, and that's also happening right here. So here I'm thinking, oh, he's going, no, this, this is nothing. I use this to give you an answer. You've been praying for this situation. So there, I just gave you your answer. Talk about the Lord connecting dots having your antenna up and listening and being willing to be instructed by the Lord. You want to be a good student. You want to be listening and willing to respond when He says this. And so the Lord used these two circumstances to root out this really deep lie. And I'm not going to go into that tonight, but the lie is just crazy. Not my lie. It's just how we get bound by lies. And that Listen, these lies always take us away from this fact. The lies in your life that are running you are always trying, the devil and your flesh is always trying to run you away from this fact. You are 100% forgiven. 100. Today, yesterday, 10 years from now, 100% forgiven. How awkward is that? Question? Can I hear somebody? Okay. 100% forgiven. 
I'm going somewhere. Y'all still with me? Take a deep breath. Everybody take a deep breath. Okay. This is so critical. This is so critical to our lives. I don't know why we haven't ever been told this. There is a place of freedom that comes in Jesus. When you know when you've been acting like a brat, a total bitch, in every way, despicable, 100% forgiven. When you've been shiny clean, you've done the right thing, oh, good Samaritan, pat you on the back, you're still forgiven for that self-righteousness too. Did, I, did you hear what I said? Yeah. We think forgiveness is for the bad sins. No, in the Lord's eyes, one sin only takes one, only takes one. Actually, you were born. So you've got to do something about the fact that you was born into sin. Amen? And so people have this notion that they're not doing the bad sins, but they got all this self-righteous stuff trying to fill up their words and make themselves feel good about themselves. Anything that you do that's trying to make you feel good about you is a problem. Do you understand? Did I lose you? Anything that you do that makes you feel good about you is a problem because you're still trying to feed the flesh. I'm going to read this to you again because we flew through it. No, I'm going to yeah. It's in the book. It's deep. Okay, so going to jazzercise is bad. If you're doing it to make yeah. yourself thin, and make yourself somebody appreciate, oh, Lachelle, you've lost so much. Oh, you're being so faithful about jazz. It's the motive of the heart. If you're going it because you and the Lord going, Lachelle, come, love it. Come on, I love it. Do you understand that everything, it's about breathing in, breathing out Jesus. And you don't have to go, oh, I'm going to the bathroom. I'm doing this for you, Jesus. You don't have to do that. Okay? <laughs> don't get crazy on me, all right? I don't know where that came from. It needs to go back to where it came from. But I want you to get I want you to get the posture of your heart. It's there's no boxes. There's no compartments. There's no good God compartments and no God compartments. He is our life. He lives and breathes in us. We're held together by Him. And any effort that we have to try to separate from the reality that He is our life is our flesh trying to somehow defend itself. I'm going to read this to you again. And you better just write this down because you're never going to believe what I'm saying about it. Just want you all to know just for the record, I'm really taking it easy because I could be blasting your head off with this book and I'm not. So I just want you to know there's this really crazy test that I'm going to do sometime. Maybe we'll do it over the summer. Let me find this. Okay, write this down again. Uh, we talked about this. There's a space shuttle. Y'all made fun of my space shuttle. Who, who can draw a space shuttle? I cannot. Okay. So we talked about this separation, that there's you, your spirit has been redeemed, your heart, your soul, your very nature has been redeemed and transformed and replaced. So the old sin was taken out and the new God nature has been put in. Unfortunately, in a way, unfortunately, it is attached to, in the system, you've got the flesh and you've got your enemy. And the Lord gave me this picture. This is your God nature. You can even read that. And the, I kept trying to figure out a way to articulate this, if you can understand, there's been a separation. Your This nature died. Do you know what Scripture says? You were crucified with Christ. And you no longer live. But the Christ you live, you live in the life you live, you live in Christ. He didn't just say that for nothing. Something happened. There was a transformation. Like the blind man once was blind, he now can see. There was a transformation. But we live in this system, and the picture that the Lord gave me was like a space shuttle that you got all this fire and flame, and it's like, whoa, out of control, out of control, right? And if we feel like, oh, the flesh is... The flesh, the flesh. And we even think we are the flesh. You and your flesh is not the same. Because what happens, just like in a space shuttle, there's a separation. You see, you know the space shuttle? The boosters fall off, and then this falls off, and the shuttle goes on. That's our destiny. You understand? We are living, breathing, watching this happen in each other. Have you been close enough to watch a God transformation happen before your very eyes? I once was blind, but now I see. That there's been this separation. What we thought was all one thing. Uh uh uh, that's not who she is. No, 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 that's not where she's going. Wait, all this is falling away. It's just debris lost in space. And the only thing that you see. 
is this godlike, this is increasing in magnitude, mag, magnifying and majesty. That is the separation of stuff that's happened. And I know that you're going, what? But you need to know that these two things are still trying to drive you. You're in this process right now. You're in this process of this separate, this real separation has happened, but your reality of this is still, you're coming into awareness of this. This is brand new information. So you're going, what the heck are we talking about? But in the scripture, in Jesus' own words, he promises this. This is what he says would come when the Holy Spirit came into us. So, the flesh is not you. It used to be a part of you, but it's now no longer a part of you. Okay, you got that? The flesh is not you. And this is the way this author describes the flesh. You should probably write this down. The flesh is a way to think. The flesh is a way to walk, like the paths that you take. The flesh, these are all scriptures. The flesh works against the spirit. The flesh encourages self-effort. Well, you know, I'm really working on saying, I just know if I can do this and this right, then I'm going to have a breakthrough. If I just work a little bit more, if I just manage my money a little better, if I just do this and this and this, I know I'm going to have a breakthrough. The flesh seeks identity and purpose. And you know what? You can go from a junkie in the corporate world to a junkie in the Jesus world. Amen? Amen? We choose to put confidence in the flesh. And you see this rear up. Ooh, this, I don't see that little I have so many stories of so many people who put their confidence in their savings accounts because they're going to be good stewards. Because the Bible talks about that because, because, because. I mean, I have stories about pastors. One pastor just immediately pops in my mind. $9,000. He, he's a faith-based pastor. You know, he doesn't have a church, so he goes and he just gets offerings as he goes. It's hard to make a living like that, you know? He's got $9,000 in the bank. He's just like so excited. And then he started kind of not doing life because he wanted to make sure that he protected that. Well, we need this. Well, no, 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 we don't want to touch that savings. And go, oh, no, 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 just guarding that. And so you know what happened? He got sick, and he had to have gallbladder surgery. Guess how much that gallbladder surgery cost? $9,000. And the Lord just showed him, I'm your security. 100% me, only me. Not your bank account, not anything else. Not your looks. Not your house, not your husband, not your daddy, not your mama, not your job. Me. 100%. Me. Jimmy. <laughs> I mean, like, recently, my boss did not the office. So just ask the Lord to reveal truth. from somebody else than Jesus. Do, do you understand that your lack is God's sweetest love note to you? Because you're such a junkie that what you want, if you actually got it without Jesus, you would just go back. Okay, I don't know if you who have, I'm not going to ask that question, it is when we get real after all. So, compulsive behaviors. Okay? I, I just noticed it today. I have this bag of nuts. And I have gone by it several times today, and I may not even be hungry, but they taste good. So I'll just grab a couple with almonds. It helps your brain think better. My brain needs to think better. And I just noticed that I, I somewhere this afternoon, go, God, my stomach is killing me. Well, of course it's killing me. I've had like a cup and a half of almonds. I'm like bloating out, so I got this stupid top on. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like you're going. And I just noticed. So I don't know how we got off on that. So my point is. 
if you're lack, if you're lacking something, it's because the Lord is either A, trying to get your attention, or B, He's trying to wean you off whatever you used before. Did you hear what I said? You got your kudos from somebody else. Take beauty. Take affirmation. Like what she's talking about. I just need somebody to tell me I'm doing a good job. I just need. I just I just need. I just need. And we don't go to God and ask and expect that He will give it. So we go suck the life out of every single person that's near us. Are you a life sucker outer? Go to Him. We need off something else, what you're already getting it off of. Right. Right. Your needs are so legit. He doesn't show he doesn't go like this to you. Oh, I can't believe you need that. He's not doing that. He's like, well, ask me. Ask me. I got everything you need, baby. Just ask me. What what you want? Just ask me. I'm so good. I'm so lavish. Why are you still not trusting me? Why are you trusting her, 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 or him? Instead of just asking me, tell me what you need, baby. I'll tell you. Yeah. So, since you brought this up, because <laughs> I, I never heard, like, Flash is just like, Southern Baptist for Flash, you know what I'm saying? So, me, you have a problem with Southern Baptist? I, I don't mean to no, have any offense. I just no, always just, have been in church going, this stuff? What's wrong with my skin? You know, I never heard anybody explain it that way. I've exactly. Been around all the time. And that's why we're so lost. And actually, this book is really powerful. We went back and researched it. The NIV has done us a bad deal right. because they call it a sinful nature. And they're trying, we have this confusion that we, our flesh is bad, but we've been redeemed. So how do we do this? Oh, I'm, I'm loved by Jesus, but I still want to sin, Right. It's like when we get caught in these sin. Oh, I must still be. I must not be quite saved enough yet because I'm still sinning. And there's like this tension. So this book really does this beautiful explanation about the flesh, and that it's a system that. Listen, the best description I can think of is The Matrix. You know this movie, The Matrix? It's really violent. If you haven't seen it, you need to compare it to today's standard. It's not violent, but you need to go watch it because it's talking about two systems that's working at the same time. One is real and one appears real. And so the flesh is just something that now plagues you but doesn't own you. Do you understand? You are redeemed. So here's the breakthrough I had. Hold on one second. Here's the breakthrough that I had about this. Listen. Listen to me. This is very, very important. If you'll verse yourself in this, if you will dig into this, you want breakthrough in your life, this is it. Because your spirit only leads you toward God. So if you have a notion and an inkling toward good, it's the Lord. And if you have this whole thing, I don't know, has anybody seen Lady Gaga's most recent video about Judas? Has anybody seen that? That, you know, I want to love Jesus, but I'm in love with Judas and all this kind of stuff. And she's doing this whole tension between Jesus and the sin. And I have a law sister-in-law that wants to have this conversation. And I'm like going, see, you still love Judas? It's because you ain't never had been kissed by Jesus. And don't hear me minimize our struggles. I'm just saying that when you taste the goodness of Jesus, you may try to dabble, but you're miserable. Amen? You just can't go back. And you may go, well, I used to do that, but uh, uh, because now you've tasted something and you just can't go back to it. So that uh, uh, that's your flesh trying to get you to come back. Do you understand? Does that make a visual picture? Because the Spirit's going, no, 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 we're going this way. And eventually, you're going to realize, we keep thinking that flesh is pulling us. And what we don't realize is that we're the one holding on to flesh. And you go, I don't live there anymore. And there's a way for you to go, come on, Jesus, let's go. See, your Spirit is living and active. The Spirit of God is pulling you to a brand new place. And it starts right here, 100% paid for blood payment by Christ. Sorry, that was a long way. Did you have, have a thought? I'm sorry. Let me just interrupt you right there. I'm sorry. Have you read this book? No. Okay. And you need to write it down. The, the Naked Gospel. See, what, do you all know this? We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The, the, the good dog there. See, that's not true. Absolutely not in any way. Because Jesus said, the black dog is dead. That's not what 
think there's been a total separation. I think there's a total separation because you, I don't want to blast you because I'm actually glad you brought up because I was going, I have that in my notes to bring it up, the black dog, white dog. I want you to understand, it's, a, it's an analogy that's been thrown around in churches for a hundred years about there's a black dog and a white dog, but how do you live the righteous life? Well, you don't see sun, there's a black dog and a white dog, but you just don't feed that black dog, you just feed the white dog. And they're trying to make it look like there's this whole... <laughs> we feed all dogs. <laughs> yes, we do. Okay, well, I, I had to get another analogy there. But if you see right there, it seeks identity and purpose. So, I mean, if you find, if you look at that right there, then that whole black dog, white dog thing, it's... Those, I mean, what she's talking about, though, is the sensation... Of the two. You're talking about the sensation of the two. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. That makes it our fault. That we're, we must be feeding it. And what I'm saying is, you know that you fed that black dog today, and it's still on the cross, it's still been a blood payment made, that it's going to change your life. Because as long as you're doing this tightrope, there's no freedom. But if you get dancing around going, Jesus, I'm 100% completely, 100% every way forgiven, there's only the white dog. There's only your spirit and this flesh and the devil. Listen, don't mistake me for a minute. The flesh and the devil is coming after you. It's just that you're victorious. When people say, the Bible says, the great heroes say that we're more than conquerors in Christ, that's what it's talking about. We conquer the flesh. We conquer the enemy. Because... Christ in us. Do y'all, we, you understand, we know all this scripture, but we don't believe it. Christ in you. He's greater in you than that which is coming against you. Do you understand? And the only way that you get to that place of freedom to walk in that is through these two things. You are 100% forgiven by God. You're going to sin tomorrow. Do you understand? Look at me. Do you understand? You're going to sin tomorrow. You're going to sin against God, and you're going to sin against the people that you say you love the most. Do you understand this? So you're either going to beat yourself up and try to live up to some kind of performance, or you're going to receive what has already been given to you, which is 100% forgiveness, blood payment. Jesus knew it, died anyway, loves you still. It's transforming. It's like hearing the gospel for the first time, the real time. Now, I'm telling you this for a reason. Forgiveness. I'm just going to keep pounding this. 100% blood payment has been paid for. I hate that I erased it. Oh, <laughs> I got the book. It's okay. But hey, you interrupted me a few minutes ago. I didn't want to say something, though. Okay. If okay. you recognize that, I kind of was reading that going, I'm a Like, that's not me. That's not the flesh part. Right? Because I always think, like, that's me. Like, that's party Heather. That's whatever Heather. Right? But I really am. Right. Off the hook. Right. Because I'm walking in that freedom that it's paid for. And that right. feels scandalous a little bit, doesn't it? It feels weird. Right? right? Because people go, oh, we can't handle that kind of freedom. we got to get back into our bondage. Exactly. <laughs> so I perform, perform. So am I right in that thought? Because I was going, this can't be right. This can't I know, be right. I know. You're on it. But see, here's, now go the next step. This is what I'm talking about small groups. If you're off the hook, right? So is everybody else in your life. <laughs> 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 grace and forgiveness for you, but you don't actually want grace and forgiveness for the people in your life. Amen? It's true, you don't. You want them to pay. Darn it. <laughs> did you see what they did to me? Why, yes, as a matter of fact, I did. And 100% blood paid for. Do you understand that when you get that you got it, and they got it, now the only thing that's left is how to walk out the grace life. Do you understand what I just said? If they got it, and you got it. The only thing you got to do now is figure out how to walk out a life that's pleasing to the Lord. That you don't go. I can't. Well, I ain't got no stones because you're 100 percent paid for. I'm 100 percent paid for. Okay, let's figure out how we're going to just walk this out. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Thank you. 
but but for the joy set before him. What was the joy that he was going to be raised from the dead? I mean, are you kidding? You think that that's the only thing that made Jesus go through that? Was he's going to be raised from the dead? No way. It's like exactly that moment. Just like he can go, paid for. And so then that just as we follow him, the Lord gave me this incredible picture about runners. You know, here's all the runners. And you always have one runner that takes out ahead of the pack. You know what I'm talking about? That's Jesus. He's the author, finisher. He runs out. Follow me. Come on, I'm running this way. Run after me. Run like I run. Run in the direction that I run. Because I'm showing you exactly how to do this. So it's like her life is going to be forever changed now because she's actually truly tasted forgiveness for maybe the first time. And it happened, I'm not presupposing. If you understand that, I don't know if this is you, don't they put stuff on your story? I was so thrilled to be forgiven. I mean, because I had a lot. I had a lot. I was so thrilled. I'll never forget the day of being forgiven. And I would have told you that I got forgiveness in that moment, but I'll tell you when I really experienced forgiveness was when I forgave somebody else. And that's when breakthrough came through. I think that's what she's trying to say. We're so thankful for our forgiveness, but I want you to hear how deceptive your flesh is. Is well, you know, I did those couple of bad things. I'm not a pretty nice person. <laughs> Amen? Pay, pay attention. Because you've got these notions in here, and they ain't you, but they, until that transformation comes. Okay. All right, let's go through this, because i got stuff. I, I don't know. Thing. Let me see what's the joy set before us. Okay. Forgiveness. 100% blood paid for. The favor of the Lord we talked about last week. I could give you a hundred stories. Walking in favor. You don't have to ask for it. You don't have to grumble for it. You don't have to go rub your little ra- your rabbit's foot. Oh, if I tithed right and I did this right and I did that right. Okay, then Lord, the Lord's going to do that. That's called legalism. That's called workspace. I do this, God, so you owe me that. He don't owe you nothing. Right? But the only reason that you walk in, so you got 100% forgiveness, and you got 100% favor because of Jesus. Both of these are because of Jesus. And wait, what's that story? Okay, uh, Chuck just read this out loud to me last night. I'll tell you this real quick because I want to go where we're going with small groups. In this book, he gives this analogy about he's going to have a birthday party for his son. So he's got his son up on his shoulders. There's balloons. There's toys out. And everybody's talking about Grant. Happy birthday, Grant! So the old like, I big again. And everybody's talking about Grant. They're all excited. And then somebody else from the background goes, I have a drinking problem. And then somebody else goes, I struggle with lust. And then somebody else is going, I hate my wife. Or I hate... And then all of a sudden, they're all talking about their sin and all their issues. And the father's going, we're here to talk about my son. Let's talk about my son. And I want you to understand, when you're talking about your sin, you're not talking about Jesus, because Jesus is not talking about your sin. That dog is dead. It was buried, and it did not come back from the dead. And let's just talk about Jesus. So you don't walk in forgiveness or favor because of anything you did or will not do, but because of Jesus. So we brag on Him. Lord, because you love your Son, I receive your favor. Lord, because you love your Son, you have completely made me right and righteous in your eyes. Because of your Son, I just want to talk about Jesus. Let's just talk about Jesus. You see, now he becomes, instead of this like figure in church, he's like, oh my gosh, I can't get enough of you. i got to have more. And all of a sudden, your whole life has changed because we're not talking about anything but these realities. And then freedom comes. Go, Jesus. Rocks my world, man. So I want you to understand how this works now with small groups. What? Exactly. I want you to see this. I know. I knew you were going to do this. I knew you were going to do this. Really? Look at this. Now tell me. Now tell me that you're going to go in a small group this summer, and you're going to compare yourself, and you're going to disqualify other people, and you're going to be pissy, bitchy little women. Tell me that you're going to do that. Tell me that you're going to do that when you know this to be true about you and 10 billion other people on the planet. Tell me that you're going to get sick of listening to their same story over and over again. Tell me that you're going to give up on me. Tell me that you're going to go to them and go, you should be this for me. Why are you not meeting my needs? Tell me that you're going to do that. And I'll tell you that you've missed the basic gospel, the basic story that you have everything you need in Jesus and the people in your life are gifts just to walk it out. Do you understand that people 
you're part of a body and you're not constantly on the breast. You know, I don't know if any of you have nursed or seen people nursing. It's the sweetest thing in the world. And that can also suck the life right out of you going, oh my gosh, are we done yet? <laughs> Amen? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I love nursing. I'm all about it. But I'm going, oh, can you just like, <laughs> So see, when you're walking in a body, like, you know, we, I have this, just look at this scripture. I just let the word of God speak and say, get your worship sheet and just look at this. Christ, uh, this is on the back of your worship sheet. We got scripture. This is out of Ephesians 2. I don't know if it made it on the copies or not. Christ brought us together through his death on the cross. Embrace. The cross got us to embrace. And that was the end of hostility. Now, this is talking about Jew and Gentile. Okay? But I also just think it's beautiful. Between us. It got us to hug, embrace. And that's the end of hostility. Christ came and preached peace to outsiders and peace to us insiders. And he treated us as equals and so made us equals. You should underline that. Through him, we both share the same spirit and have equal access to the Father. There's no comparison. There's no good Christian, bad Christian. There's no more spiritual, less spiritual. Equal before the throne of God. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. And you have as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building us a home, and He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here and what He's building. And then He talks about, uh, the next to the last verse, we are seeing it take shape day by day, a holy temple built by God. All of us built into it a temple in which God is quite at home. Just come look up here for a second. I want you to understand that the people that you're demanding of and you're angry with and you want them to do, well, why are they not? Come on, get with the program. Or, there's, you understand there's two sides of the same stuff, same point. There's the people that we're going, come on, you should have this money out, let's go. And then on the other side of that coin, it's like going, help me, help me, I need, come on, come on. We're equals. God is at peace. He's happy to call us home. Right now, in the middle of your mess. There's no advanced, you know, good Christian, bad Christian. He's at home with us. He's quite at home in us. So you don't have to scramble and try to be or not be. Just be receiving. Thank you, Lord, for being at home here. That's those faith statements. Now look at this next one. This is what I love. Oh, I love this. Live creatively, friends. This would be our passage for small groups this summer. If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore him. Save your critical comments for yourself. Hey, just like underline that, put that on your mirror, would you? Saving your critical comments for yourself. You can go share them with Jesus. Just don't share them with the other people. You might be needing forgiveness one day. Forgiveness before the day is out. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you think you're too good for that, you're badly deceived. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given. And then sink yourself into that. Let me just jump out on that one thing. Do you understand that some of you, the work you have been given, it's not near as glamorous as you want it to be? I know people who the work that they have been given is to overcome laziness. I know other people, their work that they have been given is to root out a a bitter root of anger. That's the work. Now, you know that they want to be, oh, this, this. The Lord's going, let's just talk about this. The work He's working on. You want to be aligning your work with the work that God is doing. Amen? Okay. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. But I mentioned that there was a blog on that today. Each of us must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Invest your life, guys. Invest it. Be very sure now that you have been trained to self-sufficient maturity. That you enter into common, sorry, a common generous common life with those who have trained you, sharing all the good things that you have and experience in community. I have to go back and see what he means by that. Remember we talked last week about maturity is not optional? It's like you want to grow up. Grow up into Christ. Understanding that he's, I don't like that term self-sufficient anymore. Like self-standing. Do you know what I mean? It's like, do you understand that there's, the Lord really loves responsibility, you being responsible. He doesn't want you to be um, hyper-responsible for everybody else. He wants you to grow up. 
like all of life, you grow up. And then it's like we grow up and then we grow out. Instead of like growing up and grow up into Christ, who is the head. Ah. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's Spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. That's real life right now, right? That's this, real life. Real life right now. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we'll harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit or run away to hide or isolate or eat. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let's work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. It's really fun to go back and read that in lots of different translations. But I want you to understand how this works. As you're thinking about small groups, I want you to think about how you demand of other people in relationships. Because I promise you, what you do in your closest relationships right now, you will do to other people in small groups. You will evaluate people in small groups based on what they look like, what they wear, what kind of car they drive, how much money, if they're married, if they're not, if they have children, if they don't, if they have big issues that they've overcome, or they don't. You will do that. And the only thing you need to know about somebody in a small group is, you love Jesus? I love Jesus. Cool. We're on. Because if you come in the name of Jesus, and they come in the name of Jesus, he's going to cook up something good. That's who he is. And so if God's put you in a small group, you get to practice. I've given you all kinds of scripture. Practice love. Practice love. Practice doing life. Practice Learning how to gauge your reactions. Learning how to do boundaries, which I thought we were to get to, so we'll have to do that next week. I mean, goodness, you guys keep distracting me. <laughs> but there is something that the Lord is trying to teach us here that's really beautiful. And you've got to have a starting point. Small groups, let me just end this with thing, this about small groups. Small groups are not about you. <laughs> They're not about meeting your needs. They're not about finding your BFFs. They're not about being in the right one for the right crowd. It's not about you. Small groups are about letting people journey in the life of God corporately. That's what it's about. And I I think I've told this story a hundred times. I was in a small group for eight years with a woman I could barely breathe. I saw her in the store the other day and went the opposite direction. Eight years. My heart did not change toward her. But you know what? I learned so much sitting with her. Because I didn't like who she was, was. But when that girl started praying, man, everybody stopped and listened. Because she had a spirit life that I'm so glad I didn't miss out on. Our our personalities were really different. And we actually got into tussles. She made fun of me, I made fun of her. It was ugly at moments. But what we learned out of staying in that was just there was grace for all of us because Jesus, we had to stop and realize Jesus is working in her. Jesus is working in me and he's trustworthy. Do you understand? So as you're thinking through this and praying through this, my heart's desire for you is that you will prepare your heart, that it will be good soil, that you'll get alongside with what the, the Lord wants to plant and then you will reap a harvest of real life. Real life in your relationships, real life in your relationship with the Lord, real life in new dreams. It's like, it's what he's about. It's just what he's about. No one looking like this. Are y'all still with me? I don't, I don't, I don't understand small groups. So, if you could repeat that again, Small groups are about people coming together and sharing the God-like journey. Sharing verbally? Yes. Okay, so what happens when you get around well, that's where you need a good facilitator. What's the point? Or you're like, blah, 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 and then nobody's going to say anything. Well, I wouldn't worry so much about that. I would trust your facilitator to manage that. Okay. Really? Do you know what I mean? I could mm-hmm. throw, so throw you under the bus right now. I could so throw you under the bus. Is that if you, 
here's the thing is that the small group leader doesn't know all the answers, but they're the ones it's responsible for closing down the chatty Cathy's who are dominating, closing down who you think you're fixing everybody else to talk about your own business. You know, when you go to a small group, don't tell somebody else how to fix their problems. You talk about your own business. Amen? Let Jesus talk to those people. Because you know what? If you'll tell your story and what God's telling you, you go, wow, I did, wow, I need that. Wow. But if you're constantly talking across the table, the only thing you're going to get is this. Have you ever been in a group where you've done that? You know, I'm just going to talk my life. So, be authentic. Listen, I love the definition of this book. We're talking about the best thing that you can aspire to is you 100% Jesus filled. You're not going to look like a guy in a robe with a sash, okay? You're going to look like you, but you're just going to be filled all the way in every place. And so our heart, my heart, my heart for you as women is watching the real you come out. That you stop hissing and moaning about stuff that's happened in the past, all the things that people do to piss you off, and you start getting in the presence of God and going, oh, wait, that's not who I am, that's not who I am, oh, here I am, here, oh, wow, I didn't even know. I knew, Jesus said, I've known all along. Because I'm encouraged to watch you wake up. I'm encouraged when you have encounters with God. Are you not encouraged when you get around people like that? And so we come together, that's the beauty of small groups, so that we can come together, bear one another's burdens, hear God show up in your life, He'll show up in my life, and we just get to journey together. But we don't grab and demand, you should, you should, you should. It's Take all that to Him. Okay? Take all that to Him. And that's different. That's a different expectation. Okay. Why don't we stand and hold hands?